0: Hey guys, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley here and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com
1: We kick off 2023 by going back to 1983 and the debut of the NWA US Heavyweight Championship commonly referred to as the 10 pounds of silver on an all-new edition of title chase
2: overtime has just kind of worn out and then uh magnum t.a told me himself that he finally just polished some of the rest of it out because it just had some just some little bit in the corners or whatever that uh, had hung on and so he just finished the job
1: our book series continues and this time we turn to jim crockett promotions conrad and david crockett dive into jim crockett jr's handwritten booking logs from january
3: 1985 so tell us exactly what we're looking at here, the red books. All right, the red books, I have to tell you, are basically, and I'll hold one up. It, this is a calendar for a book for 1985. Yep. All right, in it, I'm just going to turn full page. Handwritten, uh, the matches, and also the gross of the city towns that we're in, the matchups. And this is the Bible. It was started with my father. On January
1: 24th, Ad Free Shows is bringing you another premium watch along event as we celebrate the 35 year anniversary of the very first Royal Rumble. And we're watching it live with the winner of that historic match, Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
4: Oh, hey, folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. From the golden age of wrestling. And I'm celebrating the 35th anniversary of my win in the first ever Royal Rumble by watching this Royal Rumble on adfreeshows.com. Join me January 24th at 9pm. Adfreeshows.com. Tough guy. First ever winner. Ho!
0: That's just a small taste. A sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you with four levels to choose from. Four, see for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com, yeah.
4: As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules, because it's much easier that way. Trust me.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and you're back in the Snake Pit. And, of course, we're here with the man himself, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, what's going on, dude?
5: I'm shackled and ready to go.
1: Shackled and ready to go. Uh, (laughs) Candidly, we are recording two episodes right now, so uh, we're both locked in on our computers here for a little bit to to bring you guys some great stories. And, brother, today we've got a fun one, because we're talking about your old pal, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Wow. But not the Mid-South days. We're going to talk about that someday. Right now we're talking about Ted exclusively in the WWF, and I know you've Mm. probably got some stories to tell.
5: Uh, I might have one or two words to put in there sideways.
1: (laughs) We'll we'll figure it out along the way. Um, I was just telling Jake before we started recording, as I was doing the research for the show, I was like, first of all, it's going to be more than one episode. Uh, to talk about Ted and the WWF. But second of all, a lot of it is not going to have anything to do with Ted so much as it's going to have to do with the time period. There was a lot of moving yeah. parts, a lot of really interesting shit going on. So I'm excited to dive in. So, Jake, if you're ready, we'll we'll get moving. I'm not afraid. All right. Both feet. Here we go. Uh, so focusing on Ted and the WWF today, uh, but I know that you had some memorable moments with him in Mid-South that we'll cover at oh, some yeah. point. Uh, when did you first meet Ted?
5: Oh, my God, man first time i met ted was 1974.
1: you remember the exact year
5: yeah i do remember that one he must have left uh, an impression yeah well i refereed a match of his uh he was actually wrestling my father and uh yeah i refereed that match it was quite memorable Cause I was uh, green as a gourd, had no business of being in there as a referee. I did not know what refereeing was about. I didn't have a clue, did not have a clue. You know, you might as well have had the guy on the first row in their refereeing because I was just as bad not worse <laughs> than what he would have done. Cause, uh, you know, I grew up around wrestling, but I never watched a referee. Who watches the referee? Nobody. Nobody.
1: You're supposed to not notice the ref, right? That's
5: right. He should be invisible. A good referee is damn near invisible. So, uh, for me to be in there trying to referee, uh, it was my first night of refereeing, and uh, it was horrible. Fans love me. Oh my God. No. The heels. Houston- the heels couldn't get away with shit man <laughs> i called stuff that i didn't see i called stuff that was done behind my back and i turned i know you did it break it one And two three and they're like get the fuck out of here
1: <laughs> so like were the boys ready to kill you when you'd get backstage after yeah that? in fact
5: debiase punched me did he really yeah yeah so,
1: so what you got to tell that story
5: well, he just, uh, he got fed up with me being in the middle of everything and uh, he just turned around and nailed me.
1: Backstage or in the ring? No, in the ring. Oh my God.
5: Yeah. So I disqualified him. <laughs> Showed him <with> his boss.
1: <laughs> Was that supposed to be the finish of the match? Nope. Oh no. Was he going over? Yep. Oh no. Oh yeah. no.
5: <laughs> I got my ass chewed up one side and down the other.
1: I bet it wasn't just from D.B. either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean, that's a pretty early impression of him. Did you like, did you like him? Were you guys friends or after that, were you like, fuck this guy?
5: Well, I, I didn't see much of him after that. Uh, I refereed a few more of his matches, but I believe he went down the road somewhere else at that time. And I kept refereeing.
1: Oh, Okay and uh whenever you are both reaching wwf now so we'll get into this part of it whenever you uh both are reaching wwf were you hoping that okay maybe I, I can work with ted oh yeah
5: of course i knew what we'd done before and uh you know it's easy to capture that magic with somebody you know like the back of your hand
4: mm-hmm.
5: and uh that's that's the way ted and i worked we knew what the other one was going to do before the guy doing it did <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. Whenever I know what you're gonna do before you're thinking about it.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I mean that's that's chemistry, man. And it, it is,
5: man. It's what makes it work. It's what's they call a good marriage. You know, you might have two great superstars, but if it's not a good marriage, man, the matches are gonna to stink to you know to high heaven. And the Lord knows nobody wants that, but it does happen.
1: It it damn sure showed with you two and you guys had a lot of really memorable moments and we'll start to get into some of them here. Uh, the issue between yourself and Ted kicked off at WrestleMania five when after your match with Andre DiBiase and Virgil came out to try and steal Damien before you right. uh, you fended them off with the bag. Um, and if that isn't enough to start the feud, you and Aussie ratchet things up about a week later with a moment uh, that's going to be our first clip of the week. It's a pretty iconic moment here, Jake, uh, where you take the money away from Virgil and start giving it away to fans. Yeah. Jake, what do you-
2: care how sick DiBiase is when he sees his money being given away. Minute, look at look the, the reaction. DiBiase with the hold applied on Jake the Snake trying to cinch it in. The million dollar dream. He came up from behind. DiBiase did and applied this hold on Jake the Snake. The Snake's falling, McMahon. He's going out. I love it. I can't I believe love it. it. He's caught the criminal and apprehended him by himself this is a citizen's arrest right here mcmahon debiality applying his hold and i think jake the snake is out he's out he's totally unconscious he's done i can't believe this look at that now he's going back to get what's his you hear that you don't steal his money
1: So take takes the money back, stuffs it in your mouth. Jake, how much money was that? Oh, it was about $1,500.
5: So, did you get to keep any? Yeah, there might have been a few hundred stuck. <laughs> a,
1: couple, a couple that got left in your pants by accident. Maybe
5: about seven.
1: <laughs> Were drinks on you that night? Uh, I couldn't <laughs> let it out
5: of the bag, man. It was. I had to kayfabe that.
1: Um, so uh, here's what, uh, uh, Meltzer had to say in the, uh, observer from 41789, Jake Roberts versus Ted DiBiase feed was set up when Jake pinned Virgil with a DDT, then took the money away from Virgil and stuffed some in his mouth and gave some away to fans until DiBiase jumped in. Jake also received a new 100 pound snake. Is the note at the time, Jake? Uh, you had been dealing with neck issues. Are you yeah. about over it with these fucking heavy ass snakes?
5: Yeah, man, they were killing me, bro. <laughs> you know, it's not only the fact that you have to carry it to the ring, but you know, I'm with that thing twenty four seven. So, in the morning, I woke up. I had to stuff it in a bag, get it out of the bathtub, stuff it in the bag, put it in a trunk, then carry the trunk and all my luggage. Oh down the front desk, catch the shuttle, or if I've got a rental car, put the stuff in the rental car, drive to the airport, get out at the rental car place, carry all that stuff inside to the airport. I'm carrying 200 pounds of luggage.
1: Oh my god!
5: You know, every morning, every afternoon, because I'd fly someplace, had to go, had to go to the carousel and get the damn snake. <laughs> And my luggage off of there and, uh, carried to the rental car again, you know? So carrying that around was really tough on you. It really, really was, man. You know, you figure, well, you got a hundred pound snake, but you got your other gear too. You know, you got your wrestling gear and, uh, your clothes and stuff. So there's another 50, 60 pounds there. So getting that around was not easy. Plus that big, that big case that it was in was very cumbersome, man. So uh, it wasn't a pleasure trip at all, man. It wasn't easy to be a snake.
1: Man, uh so and here's the other thing is that you hear all the time how the guys say like, Oh, just being on the road, you know, it's you're you're a big guy, a lot of these guys are, and you're on the road and it's like just sitting in a car is uncomfortable, being on a plane is uncomfortable, you're traveling with the snake and you're taking bumps once you get to the destination. Yeah. So, uh, how much do you think this did contribute to the the neck issues you're about to have here?
5: Oh my god. Well, we know what started all of that. It was a guitar shot.
1: Yes. Uh the honky tonk man in yeah, eighty seven. Yeah.
5: Yeah, once that was done, it was downhill from there, man. Uh, I, I like so many others, including Paul Orndorff, did the foolish thing. I kept trying to, to work through the pain, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that also helped with my addiction because I was taking all sorts of everything just to numb myself enough where I could go out and work. But then of course after the match you got to take yourself down so you have to take some more. Oh man! So it was a constant battle trying to trying to play that fiddle and uh, not break any chords. But I broke them all. <laughs> you know, I broke them all because uh, it just there's no way of winning there. You know, once you're injured, you're injured, man. You you might as well face it, go ahead and take care of it. Had I done that, and uh, you know, I would have probably been out several months, but. Uh, I would have came back a whole lot better than I did you know? right. And because uh, my issue was, um, you know, I, I went a couple of years like that and, uh, it finally got so bad that I could not lift my left arm at all, you know, and, uh, I would go to the ring and I would turn my body sideways and I would sling my arm up onto the guy's shoulder and tell him from the very get go, work on my arm. And then he'd grab my wrist, and he'd start working on my arm, pounding on my arm, pounding on my arm. Now I don't have to raise it. Oh, man. Yeah. Because it was hard for me just to reach up to hook. I'd have to grab my tights so I could DDT somebody.
1: Oh. Because
5: I couldn't hold it.
1: So that's scary, you know, especially considering you brought up Paul Orndorff, and we all know what happened to him. You yeah, know, his his yeah. one arm, his one arm withered. Arn Anderson, yeah. his his left, he yeah. can't use his left hand. Same uh, thing
5: for me, man. His left arm.
1: So I do have to ask too: uh, Was your neck injured this entire period oh of time my god, from eighty seven yes. to eighty nine? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's just getting progressively worse. Oh my
5: god, the pain just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And wouldn't you know the the one thing that I it, that's easy on everybody else was nearly killing me every time I did it. And to do a DDT hurt so bad when I did it.
1: Cause you're snapping oh my back. God.
5: Yeah. I was having to take that bump. When I took that bump, it would just jar down my, my spinal column, man. It just a few times, my legs went numb.
1: Oh, that gosh. was scary. Yes.
5: You know, just for three or four seconds, but man, that three or four seconds seems like an hour. So your legs go numb you're like oh no not that yeah, they're, they're, they're back you know it's okay Phew, that was close yeah how close was i getting crippling myself i don't know
1: man i don't know probably closer and closer every time you yeah, did every that every time
5: i did it man every time i did it, it just made it worse
1: it's frightening and fire, i was
5: i was afraid to get out of the ring i was afraid that if i got out of the ring that I wouldn't be able to get back in, you know, that makes no sense at all. I know, but that's just the way that's the way an athlete thinks. He thinks that if he, he puts the boots on the shelf for six months, they'll never come back off the shelf.
1: Mm
5: -hmm. And that's not the way it is, but in wrestling, it's a well-known fact that brother, if you, uh, if you take time off, Uh, getting back in there is not going to be as easy as it was the first time. Because uh, there's going to be people in there that have taken your spot, you know, you you know, people might not understand that, You you know, everybody's got a spot in this business. Where, where does Jake fit in? Well, right now, Jake is one step below Hogan. That's my spot. Yep. But if I step out. Well, they've got to put somebody back in there.
1: And what if they're rolling with that guy by the time you return?
5: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now you're sitting on the bench going, damn, I shouldn't have got out of the ring. That's the way your brain thinks.
1: Well, and it makes sense, especially in that era. There's no guarantees. It yeah. does,
5: man. And uh, that's what everybody was afraid of. I'm not the only one that wrestled uh, hurt. I mean, hell, I broke my wrist one time while I was wrestling up there. But uh, I fell in the damn shower at the hotel. Imagine that! It broke oh. my wrist. They put a cast on it, and then I went to wrestle in New York, and uh, they would not let me wrestle with a cast on. That it was, was on the, it was a against the rules. So I cut the cast off in the back, <laughs> put tape on it, and then continued to wrestle oh, with a broken
1: God. wrist. I- the risk you take there is like it could heal improperly, and then you'd yeah. really, really be in trouble. Oh yeah! But you're not thinking about it because you know you're you not don't. you're not a you salaried employee.
5: No, man.
1: If you don't work, you don't get paid. <sighs> That's it, bro. <sighs> That is scary. And you know what? Your injuries are really starting to manifest themselves at this time. Yeah, uh Mel- Melters got it in the Observer on five fifteen eighty nine that you and Ted worked at a show that consisted mostly of rest holds, uh, but before you cradled DB for the victory. And a week later you'd be out of action with your neck injury. Um, I have to believe that this is, you know, as 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 we've been talking about, like it, you've just reached a point now where you're like, yeah, I can't I, keep doing this.
5: I couldn't do it anymore, man. It got to the point that I was in such pain. That uh, it was just crazy. I, I mean, it's like I, I'd, I'd be okay till I got in the ring. Then once I got in the ring, I'd start thinking about giving that DDT at the end. And you, and you heard by Meltzer there that I cradled him
4: mm-hmm. for
5: a one, two, three. I didn't even do the DDT because the pain was just so unbelievable. Whenever I'd do it, and there was no getting around it. And they finally got to the point that Vince told me, he "Said go home and don't come back to your well."
1: Well, yeah, he
5: was—he was, he was genuinely pissed off at me.
1: Well, th- I mean, was he paying you while you were away? No. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's hard That's for him a to look silly at. Silly
5: question.
1: I knew the answer before I asked. It's—it's it's yeah. hard for him to see it from other people's perspectives. I know.
5: Yeah, you know, and uh, it was tough, man, going home and having the surgery, and then the first thing the doctor tells me is that you'll never wrestle again. <laughs> scary and i'm like wait a minute what do you mean Uh, you'll never wrestle again there's no way that that we're going to be able to clear you your your neck will never be strong enough for you to get back in the ring and i remember what i said to him i told him it's it's a chemical world doc and you don't have a fucking clue (laughs) and uh as soon as i got out of the hospital got well enough to travel i flew to amsterdam and uh Picked up a few packages of stuff and uh, steroids and what have you, and uh, flew back home and got through immigration without getting busted. And that's the only time I ever did it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what yeah. you, you know mentioned- back in you know back in the day that everybody used to give me all their dope. And their steroids. And I would put it in the snake bag. And it would go across in the snake bag. Only one time did they want to see inside that bag. And I nearly shit myself when they said they wanted to see the snake. I said, okay, you guys get him out because he's one mad son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that you're probably going to get fucking bit. (laughs) Go ahead. There he is. Go ahead. I'm not doing it. And they looked at the bag. And all they seen was that snake, you know, and it was a big one, about a hundred pounder, 120 pounder.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And they just looked at it and went, Oh, fuck. Oh, never mind. That's good. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so this is before the days of them, like being able to scan all your shit.
5: Well, you know, they, they scanned me before, you know, and this was crazy. I, I went overseas, um, I can't remember if it was England or no, it wasn't England. It was uh, Singapore, Mm. Singapore. And I had the, I had the, uh, the Cobra in a Halliburton suitcase, you know, small Halliburton. Yeah. And they, they scanned it. And I'm looking at the scanner and it's showing all the bones, you know, and they want me to open it. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Mm-hmm. So I open it. the guy looks down at it, grabs the bag and picks it up and looks underneath the bag and moves some papers around and scratches his hand, puts it back down and tells me to go.
6: <laughs> wow,
5: pick it up. Whew. It's like you dumb fuck.
1: <laughs> and I'm guessing you're sweating bullets in the middle. Oh
5: meantime. my God, I th- I knew I was going to jail. Great. Right. I'm going to jail, guys. See you later.
1: You had to feel like the no. luckiest man on the planet. Yeah, that go day.
5: ahead. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Whew. Well, on the other side of it, what if that was a bomb? Yeah. You know, I mean, my God, is that, is that the best you check? <laughs> That's why when I go through security, you know, I have a hard time now because I have to bring the oxygen up for the airplane. But they they got to test that damn thing every time. They want to see inside my bag every time. Mm. I don't get pissed off about that. I'm glad they're checking shit. Right. You know, people that get get furious, man. Oh, you got a fucking thing in my fucking bag. Are you kidding me? You know? Dude, shut the fuck up. They're doing a job. Yep. It's a job that might pay off if you keep your mouth shut.
1: (laughs) Well, the one time you don't check the wrong dude. There you uh, go, man. You could have a huge, yeah. huge crisis. Oh, shit. Uh, um, so Meltzer goes out of his way a lot at this time to, to put over DiBiase. He actually says uh, he considers him probably the best wrestler in the world. Outside of Japan, of course, he has to throw, throw that in there. Um, but what do you think made DiBiase so special at this time?
5: I don't know. I didn't know that.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, as somebody who is working with him consistently, what, what do you think uh, made I... him such a pro?
5: Ted was always easy for me. Ted listened to me. you know uh, we just went out there and did our stuff, man. Mm. you know nothing less, nothing nothing more. you know uh, went out and had our matches and uh, Ted was a consummate heel. You know Ted had an easy way of just making hate his ass. you mm-hmm. know He was arrogant and uh, he pulled it off pretty damn good. But as far as being the best in the world, God.
1: Pretty high praise from Meltzer, especially at yeah, well, that time.
5: Yeah, well, there again,
1: Meltzer. Yes, yeah, so there's that caveat to consider. Yeah.
3: Passion, drive, and patience, the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen.
1: All right, Jake, let's take a quick time out to talk about our pals over at Jimmy's oh, Famous yeah. Seafood. Uh, and how you can get their incredible food brought right to your door. Jake, we've been talking about them for a while, and there's I a good reason. I want six lobsters
5: right now. <laughs> how long would it take them to
1: get them to me? Uh, well, hey, man, that's the beautiful part, is if you spend $125 and use the promo code SNAKE, it takes two days, two days nationwide oh, to get to get your favorite favorite food sent straight to your house. And man it's it, they're they're famous for a reason jake and that's because oh, they're they're the best in the country when it comes to making these foods because I, right? they
5: come through man anytime i've ever went in there i get so mad at myself number one because i've eaten way too much and number two because it's been too damn long since i've been in there <laughs> you know what i mean it's like i should just route all my flights through and stop eat then get back on another plane and follow to where I'm going. That's what it should be.
1: It's that good. It is that good. And, you know, you hear about the super rich and famous people will take, like, a private jet somewhere to get a meal. Well, you don't oh, have to do it. this is worth a jet. Yeah, it would be worth a jet, but guess what? You don't have to spend that kind of money. You can get it sent right to your house uh, because you listen to this podcast and you use our promo code SNAKE. Jake, we're talking about crab cakes, chowders, yeah, soup, oysters. Crab uh, cakes
5: are unforgettable. Oh,
1: the best, in, maybe honestly the world, the best crab cakes. We're talking about Absolutely. signature steaks and desserts. They've been in business for over 40 years and been, have been featured on TV. Uh, and Jake, it's it's time. Let's let's get these people uh, a famous gift box. Why don't you make a Rock bundle up, and have it? Fuck Hell yeah,
5: man! It's time to dive right in, man. My mouth's starting. I'm starting to salivate,
1: man. Right, right. <laughs> and it's playoff season. There's never been a better time to to get something sent straight to your house. How about the famous gift box? It includes four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, two oh. different crab soups, crab dip, si- seafood seasoning, and their si- signature base sauce. Hey, how about a tailgate bundle made specifically for your uh, playoff weekend? playoff party uh, we're talking about a full rack of barbecue ribs a pint of crab dip crab cake mix or hey what if you just create your own you can get whatever you want sent to your house uh and many choices that's the only bad thing about it that's that's the only problem but hey order a couple of these custom-made boxes and really make it a hell of a super bowl Rocco, you'll, <laughs> you'll be a legend at the super bowl party guys yeah, all you have yeah. to All you have to do is go to jimmysfamousseafood.com, and again, that's promo code SNAKE, S-N-A-K-E, and you got two-day free shipping nationwide. One more time, jimmysfamousseafood.com, and the promo code is SNAKE. I mentioned earlier that you'd be out of action shortly hereafter, and you talked about a guy sliding to take your place. Well, Roddy Piper would come in and make his return and take your place with D.B. Aussie here. Here's what Melzer had to say in the 522 issue in 89. As expected, Piper's return popped to crowds in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento like crazy with his match with DiBiase actually getting significantly more heat in each uh, city than the Hogan Savage main event, which packed the buildings. Uh, Piper wins these matches with the same finish sequence that DiBiase had been doing with Roberts around the horn. He also reports here that you would, be, you would undergo surgery on your yeah. neck, um, and it's unconfirmed how long you'll be out of action. Um you would un- undergo not one but two surgeries here as it turns out in mid 1989 and would be out of action for something like 5 months to recover. Yeah.
5: yeah.
1: Um so we talked about that nervousness of somebody taking your place uh it had to be full force right now right?
5: Oh yeah man it just uh, come to fruition didn't it? you know we're we're so foolish so sometimes we think that if uh we don't show up the show won't go on
1: <laughs> you know
5: right yeah, the show will go on you don't have to worry about that With they'll, or find without you. they'll find a
1: different pony to
5: run and uh, you know piper was the guy that uh slid in there and collected some hellacious paydays
1: yep Sure did. And, uh, you know, it's he uh, was the number one heel in the in the company. And as you mentioned, he was great at it. I know you weren't crazy about being a baby face, but you were good at it. And so yeah. now all of a sudden you find yourself on the outside looking in. It's got to be frustrating.
5: It's very frustrating, man. I've, I've never liked a day off.
1: Uh, a lot of guys in this era had Lloyds of London policies uh, for their insurance. <laughs> uh, was that something you ever considered?
5: No, I didn't consider that. I'm, I'm too honest to do that.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, a lot of guys really, really took advantage of it.
5: Yeah, they did, didn't they?
1: And I don't think that Lloyds of London ensures, uh professional wrestlers.
5: I don't think they'll do it anymore. No, sir. No. no, those guys broke them. I think DiBiase is one of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know that Kurt Hennig, Kurt Hennig, a couple other guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rogue Warriors. Yeah, that's right. Them too.
5: one of them had to give the money back.
1: Oh my God. I know that Rick Rude tried to convince Eric Bischoff to pay off his policy. So, so he could get back into action. Eric's like, I don't want anything to do with that um so at this point you were a really well established uh character in the company you had merchandise everywhere toys everywhere you know you were legitimately as i always say on this podcast you were part of pop culture now so i mean your concerns do you think that they were founded at the time or i mean was there just always a position for you period
5: it it wouldn't matter what the truth was it's how a person feels
1: Mm -hmm.
5: you know and if you're not if you're not the main ingredient going in the soup, you always want to be right. You know, if it's beef stew, I want to be the beef. I don't want to be the potato (laughs) sort of speaking, you know, and uh, it, it didn't matter how many people told me I was the greatest. I never believed it. I've never believed that I was good. Really? And now looking back, I realize that man, I was pretty fucking good. You know, and I I look back some of the matches now and uh, I, damn, I don't remember that, but that's pretty fucking good, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And uh, I just, you know, I, that comes from what I went through as a kid, man. That's the problem, Mm -hmm. you know, not being loved as a child and uh, not being uh, patted on the back you know, my father not ever giving me that thumbs up.
1: Man, it's uh, it's a shame. You know, especially because of the light that we see you in, and w- one of the, the reasons that I always try to add ClipStar shows is because after that first show that you and I did, I was watching you watching yourself, and yeah. I could tell that it was something you com- you had forgotten about, and you were like, "Oh well, yeah. shit, how about this?" So yeah, yeah, we've we've got one more clip this week, and that's uh, peek behind the curtain. That's why um so piper came in but he's not the only one uh guess who else is coming in at this time is a couple of uh jcp standouts with dusty Rhodes and your old pal barry windham are coming up north to the wwf so i know that you had worked with both guys previously and had some really yeah. great moments with each how are you feeling when you heard this news that they oh, were i was, your old I coming
5: was in? glad to hear those guys were coming north man i mean barry windham and i man i i look back at those matches i had with him as some of the key matches that formed my career um for me as a heel uh some of the matches i had with barry were just unbelievable man uh, we'd go out and do 40 minutes every night like it was nothing you know It was just crazy of course we were young and dumb and full of cum too so (laughs) there you go
1: well he was coming in as a heel so are you seeing this like hey uh when i get back Maybe me and Barry Oh, I
4: thought
5: that in the beginning and then uh, started seeing where they were going and realized that wasn't going to happen.
1: With his Widowmaker gimmick? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, boy, that was bad. And my next question is actually something even worse. So here's the legendary Dusty Rhodes, a guy that you had worked with in Florida and Mm -hmm. established this incredible reputation. And Vince has got him in these vignettes, plunging toilets, delivering pizzas, uh, and dressing ultimately in polka dots. Uh was it was it your perception that Vince held grudges against guys like Dusty who had success elsewhere?
5: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and the whole thing was to humiliate Dusty, you know, and uh but Dusty was so good he pulled it off. (laughs) He did, he did, you know, and you don't think that didn't bite Vince's ass? (laughs) It had to. Holy shit, what do I have to do to make this motherfucker die? Right.
1: Yeah, to your point, it's you know, everybody's got these like hot valets during this area. Yeah, I'm giving him, I'm giving him sapphire and he he makes it work. And she becomes a fan favorite. Yeah,
5: he made it work, man. And that's that's the magic of Dusty Rhodes, you know. I mean, you hear me say every now and then I can wrestle a broomstick. Well, so could Dusty, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if you could dress me up and poke. Well, I don't know. I got lime green, I got I pulled off the lime green shit pretty good. Yeah, you made it work. Yeah, I made it work. But it just goes to show you something there. It doesn't matter how they dress you up. It's still the the meat and the pie, man, that makes the sandwich. And that's nothing but filet.
1: That's it. And the only thing I'll say in defense of that bullshit is that Dusty, you know, he was coming in during an era where it's these over-the-top cartoonish characters. And previously he was just like the black trunks and boots guy. And Vince was probably like, what else can I do? And maybe humiliate him a little bit along the way.
5: Oh, he did. He went for he went full bore, man, because that was never the plan.
1: Well, he did a good job, and uh, something that was probably not a great job was that uh, during your absence at this time, it's summer of 1989, and it's the release of No Holds Barred, the movie. Oh, Vince McMahon is getting into the movie business. What did you oh, think? Oh, yeah.
5: You know, when I started hearing some of the stories of the filming of that thing, I cringed because now they have totally smartened up everybody. Because they're having them go out and do, you know, do stuff in the ring, then pause 30 seconds to do the exact same thing again. Oh no. They've killed K Fabe forever. That was the final, that was the final nail in the coffin, man, as far as K Fabe goes. Cause uh, I felt sorry for the poor people that had to sit in those damn buildings for eight and 10 hours in a seat for whatever they made. Good <laughs> God almighty. What a rib on the people get them to sit there for hours upon hours of watching the same fucking shit. Brutal. It been deep. It would have been bad enough if it was good shit to watch. But it wasn't even good shit to watch. It was <laughs> horrible shit.
1: I've I've heard about Vince on like TV tapings. Uh, if if something happened and he didn't oh. like what happened in the match, he'd yeah. send them out and they'd do the exact same match, just like change the finish or right. whatever. Right. Like the, and the fans. The, finish. the fans are gonna be like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, right? they don't
5: understand it. <laughs> no. And it, it just goes to show you where the fans are at, man. they they know it's phony, they know it's fake. Don't worry about it, guys. They love what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
5: the boys that get upset, not the fans.
1: Well, did you think that Vince was going to wind up having some success in the movie business or not so much? No. No.
5: <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: That It's proved out. Well. That he hasn't, I mean.
5: Yeah, he has it, because he, he won't release enough control to let enough people get behind it that can actually do the job right.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, Vince has to have his paw in it, man.
1: So, Vince is in the movie business, but here's what else is going on is uh, the same summer. Your old buddy Terry Funk is in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Um yeah. As you're seeing this, are you like, you know, hey, my neck hurts, uh, but I'm pretty famous. Should I yeah. should I should I talk to my agent about movies? No oh, man, I
5: never thought I was good enough. I never had an agent. Are you kidding me? Oh, you didn't? No. That's how stupid I am. To this day I've never had an agent.
1: Well, you came from the era of handshake deals, though, so I, I do understand it. All right, so Jake, uh, along with the movie at this time, you've you've also got a new talent that's coming in, and that's Tommy Lister coming in to play Zeus. Oh, god! Uh, now, I've I've heard Arne Arne Anderson mention on his podcast, Arne, which is part of our network. You guys should check it out. That uh, there was some resentment among the talent when it came to this actor. Um, and not just because it's an actor kind of breaking into your business, but apparently he's rumored to be making something like a thousand dollars a day, you know, traveling everywhere in a limo, great hotels, and oh, the whole yeah. world. Um, yeah,
5: carte blanche, man.
1: So what did you think of this situation?
5: I thought it sucked. <laughs> you, know? you know, I mean, yeah, we're all jealous of that position, man. We all like to have that position. He's finally being treated the way we should all be be treated, mm-hmm. but none of us are.
1: Huh. man he he got the hookup coming in the door and was not a good worker most of his matches oh my god
5: he immediately.
1: oh god you close
5: your eyes man but what Whoa. a look he yeah. had a look
1: massive massive guy uh his arms legitimately look bigger than hogan's when they're standing oh, next they to were. each other Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you can you can see what Vince sees in him, but man, it's like DQ finishes, non-finishes. Oh, yeah. just, oh, awful. Yeah, he, awful.
5: Couldn't, he couldn't fight his way out of a trash bag.
1: <laughs> nice guy. Did you get to talk to him at all?
5: I, I always got along fine with the guy, man. I mean, I didn't take it out on him the way he was being treated. Vince was the one treating him that way.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I mean, I think most of the guys, well, no, there were some guys that hated him just for the fact that he was a human being. <laughs> it don't take much to piss the boys off <laughs> but uh that's just the way it was you know
1: that's immediate heat coming in the door getting a, the limo treatment and guaranteed money though holy shit
5: oh yeah he could walk he could fart he could do anything he wanted man
1: must be nice uh well jake you're still out and if your neck injury isn't bad enough there's a little illegal issue at this time as well yeah We've got this from the 724 Observer. Jake Roberts was released from prison earlier this week after posting $10,000 bond. Originally, the judge had refused to grant Roberts bail, stemming from his conviction last week on assault and battery charges, stemming from an incident last December. Roberts will be sentenced on the charges on, on August 14th. The maximum sentence would be 15 years in prison, although the guidelines on the state gives for the first offender in Florida are a prison sentence of 12 to 30 months. Titan is okay. desperately trying to cover this this one up by sheer uh, coincidence. They had been planning to start a television campaign for the kids to send get well to Jake, uh, get well cards to Jake to help build up for the next souvenir bulk mailing. Uh, who legitimately is out of action due to his recent neck injury. However, right. this could be a PR problem if word got out that. Uh, that they were having kids send get well cards to a wrestler who was in prison at the time. <laughs> Roberts. Roberts I always was,
5: fuck up everything. Don't I?
1: <laughs> right. I know. I know they had a lot of success with that. Uh, sending stuff away for Hogan while he was hurt and stuff. So you yeah. Yeah, really threw a wrench in the works. Uh, Roberts was convicted of punching John Bartlett, 27, a five foot seven, 160 pound man. Uh, after the two were bar hopping earlier in the evening in Daytona Beach. Bartlett claimed that Roberts was driving as they were headed to, to an after-hours club at about 4 a.m., and Roberts made some nasty comment about a woman in Daytona Beach. Bartlett argued with him. Roberts stopped the car and punched Bartlett out. Roberts claimed he was acting in self-defense. Bartlett suffered a broken cheekbone in four places and a broken bone around the eye. Interestingly enough, testifying on behalf of Roberts were Tully Blanchard and brother, bro, Bruce Brother Love Pritchard However, the jury took less than two hours to come up with the verdict. Blah blah blah. Um, so, Jake, a uh, broken cheekbone in four places and a broken orbital bone remind me yeah. not to fucking piss you off, dude. <laughs> yeah,
5: I guess not, man. Uh, here's the thing: that five foot seven guy, once he was truly exposed as to what he really was, he was a real piece of work, man. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. He claimed to be a boxer, this, that, and the other and in, in the service and did this. He fought for his country because he's an all-American boy and um, said to, he claimed that he had broken both hands boxing and actually what happened was he fell off the back end of a garbage truck and <laughs> broke both of his hands. <laughs> uh, he was garbage, detail in the service because they didn't trust him doing anything else. My lawyers, my first trial, I'd gotten some bad advice and had hired a guy that was an obvious, he had an obvious drug problem. Mm. And uh, he fell asleep during my trial. Oh, my God. That's not a good thing to see when you're, you look over and your fucking lawyer is snoozing.
1: That is not good.
5: No. And, uh yeah. Bartlett, his his lawyers, they had schooled him really well and told him exactly what to say, this, that, and the other. The fact was my version is a little bit different than his. What was happening was I was trying to get him back to his house because he was drunk Uh and out of control, and, you know, tell telling people, this is Jake's name, Roberts. Over here. Come here, sweetheart. Come sit in his lap. This, that, and the other. I'm like, man, get this bullshit away from me, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to drink.
4: <laughs> you know?
5: So I got into the car, and then I'm driving down the road, and he punches me in the face while I'm driving. What the hell? i on the face and the side of the cheek. So I pull over. Well, when I pull over, he jumps out, runs around the car, jerks my corridor car door open, then grabs me by the hair and starts dragging me out. Oh. Well, I bitch
1: slapped him. So you didn't even punch him, you just slapped no, him.
5: Slapped him. He laughed. He laughed and took off running down the street. Now he didn't go to the hospital. He went to the lawyer's office 48 hours later. Wow. 48 hours. And then he went to the hospital. Uh, does it take long to figure this out?
1: No. So you slapped him <sighs> and then he went and injured himself intentionally. Exactly.
5: exactly. Wow exactly brother I swear to God I did not punch that guy on, on my children's lives on my life the whole shit in caboodle on my mother's grave I did not punch that guy in fact that motherfucker sent me a thank you card did he after the settlement was paid oh thanks for my new house Jake
1: fuck this guy
5: oh that motherfucker
1: Damn, dude. This is is one of those moments where maybe being a celebrity isn't always great, right? It's
5: not, man. Being Mm -hmm. a celebrity, you're marked, man. It's even worse today, man, with all these frigging cameras they got going. People will set your ass up. You know, I mean, it happens. it's really bad in England. Oh, really? Newspapers over there are really bad about doing it. They'll have some guy in a bar... And they'll send some girl to run in there and you just run over and jump in his fucking arms and then put your mouth on his face. And we're going to get a picture of it. What? Why? So then it comes out in the fucking newspaper that you're fucking around on your own lady.
1: Uh Oh, I, so, and then they can extort you with it. Say like, they, Hey, well, we no, they
5: just, they that. just do it to bring their fucking ratings up.
1: That is unbelievable.
5: But they're, they've been busted several times for doing that. Wow. Well, now, not only newspapers are doing it, but your normal fans are doing it. Are you <laughs> as fucking a, kidding me?
1: Has a fan ever pulled any shit like that with you? Maybe not necessarily. Oh, fuck the, yeah. The kiss?
5: Oh, not the kiss. No, but I've been like, trying to sucker punch me and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Dude. You know what I do? I put my hands in my fucking pocket.
1: Yep. Because it doesn't matter
5: people. if I'm retaliating or what. They I get in front of a judge. Well, you're a that's what was so funny during the trial. If you read the transcripts, they said, you know, how could you be afraid of this guy? I'm like, wait a minute. And they said, No, seriously, Jake, how could you be afraid of Mr. Bartlett or whatever his name was? He's five foot seven. Because you wrestled Andre the Giant. <laughs> And he's seven foot what? He's seven foot five. And you were afraid of Mr. Bartlett. And my answer to that was, do you think I'm really fighting Andre the Giant? And you work for the state? You're a stupid motherfucker. I'm not fighting Andre the Giant. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, they played that shit up. You make millions of dollars wrestling on television. Oh, really? Here's what I make wrestling on television. I make fifty fucking dollars Mm -hmm. for wrestling on television. Because that's what the going price was back then. Right. $50 for every match. So if I work three matches on a taping, do I get $150? No, you just get (laughs) fifty. you just get 50. That's right. Wow. That's the honest to God truth. And half the talent would get $500 a, a, a match. What? Yeah, they would get $500 a match.
1: So they were making more than the the main event the top talent.
5: talent.
1: How did that work? Like how do you get paid then like your your actual money? following all this is it just you're like okay so so you're getting cold hard cash at these buildings for the this uh well,
5: you were allowed to draw money out every night against okay. your check okay you could draw up to 200 dollars. i got you but what we just at tv you just walk by they just toss you a 50 dollar bill you say gee thanks <laughs> keep on fucking walking
1: Well, uh, I do want to ask, at this time, I mean, the neck injury, you you mentioned earlier a little bit of concern about uh, other guys taking your spot. Now this legal shit, are you like, I'm fucked? Are you thinking your job is over? Oh, my
5: God, man. I'm thinking I'm done. Oh, man. I'm scared to death. Scared to fucking death, man
1: understandably so and i do have a little bit here of what you said uh whenever the they brought up that hey look you're a wrestler you know you're used to violence in the ring uh in the uh 1-8 observer melter goes on to say uh that you said i'm more of an actor than a fighter and uh i'm wondering was there any heat with vince or anybody backstage like no alive no not at all
5: no nobody said anything to me
1: I I mean, hopefully they understand you're just trying to get yourself out of a very weird situation.
5: Oh my God, brother.
1: Um, It does, it does say that you uh, were on parole. Uh, Yeah. Went on parole uh, during this period. And this is just literal ignorance. So maybe you can smart me up. How exactly does it work when you're on on probation rather when you're on probation uh, and they travel like you travel from state to state for a living?
5: Yeah. Well, I had to get a special permit to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. But now, knowing this, at that time, if I'd gotten pulled over for fucking a joint, I'd have went to prison for 15 years.
1: Oh, my God, man.
5: (laughs) If I'd gotten a barroom fight, I'd have went to prison for 15 years. So So I literally put my fucking hands in my pockets.
1: The only way out of it.
5: That's the only way I could do it, man.
1: So what was, uh, if you don't mind my asking, what was your drug use like at this time? Did you dial it back for fear of getting pinched? No, or, fuck no, in? man. No?
5: It kept right on going, brother. Wow. You did what um, I had to do.
1: That's, it's addiction, man.
5: Yeah. It's, um, it's not a fun trip, man.
1: Well, in the, in the 9-11 edition of The Observer, it's noted that you made your return to the WWF to do interviews at the TV tapings. Um, I have your return appearance. It's about a two-minute clip. Uh, In our final clip of the week, I wanted this because the reaction that you get when you return is unbelievable.
0: For the past few months, he says it's
4: much too soon for you to return to the ring for action with him. You know, maybe he talked to doctors and maybe he talked to a lot of people, but maybe he should have talked to my psychiatrist because I'm a little bit different than anybody else. Sure, I've got numbness in my fingers and I've got a weaker left arm and the neck's a little bit stiff when I try to turn it due to the operation. But, DiBiase, the stiffness and the numbness and the weakness are nothing compared to the hatred that sits behind these cold eyes, my man. Or the fire, the fire that spews ashes out of my brain each and every time I think of you. Jake Roberts.
0: Jake. Jake talk to physicians. I've seen the doctors report. Concentrate, Gene. And, and it's quite clear to me <laughs> that was a very... That makes me nervous. I gotta tell you. It makes me nervous. It, it's quite clear to me, Jake Roberts, that you may not be ready to get back to action. It may be too
4: soon. I tell you what. Let DiBiase grab a hold of the snake and let him tell you if I'm ready or not. I'll tell you this. Ted DiBiase, Damien and I are not responsible for bringing you into this lovely world, but we'll damn sure be the ones that take you out.
0: Wait a minute, Jake Roberts, the million-dollar man, has said many times, he
4: advises
0: you not to return to the ring and go against him.
4: Gene, the obsession that burns within my heart each and every day can only tell Ted DiBiase one thing. What's that? Dial 911. Oh, I can't believe it.
1: Take the same Wow. Uh, that is Lord one ben hell of a reaction. <laughs> My God, dude. Just an insane, insane reaction. I mean, that has, that has to feel great one, coming though. back to that.
5: That felt pretty good. Now, <laughs> <laughs> there for a moment, I thought I was a superstar.
1: <laughs> yeah, so was, I, I would say you were. You were pretty well established there uh, with that kind yeah. of action. Holy shit! I mean, what is Vince saying whenever you get backstage after something like that? Like, okay, uh, we need to, we need to ratchet you back up.
5: He doesn't say nothing.
1: No. Oh, uh, no,
5: he wants you to keep doubting yourself, man. Are you kidding me?
1: what a shame if the, the, the unbelievable perspective, like you've got this, this guy who's obviously beloved and that's your take on it. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, did, did you have any apprehensions when it came to getting back in the ring again? No, none at all. Was your neck like essentially a hundred percent?
5: No, it wasn't.
1: But I was were, told,
5: I was told not to ever wrestle again,
1: but you were just dying to get back in there.
5: I said, I'm doing it, man. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: uh has it plagued you yeah. like would you say it's plagued you to this day
5: oh yeah 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 the weakness uh gets gets worse each year uh I'm not near as strong on my left side as I am on my right um I can't lay down and, and if I if I lay on a flat table my head won't touch the table wow my, my neck won't bend
1: that's got to be scary. And
5: this is as far as it will turn that way. And that's as far as it turns that way. And, and you to, said it, to, that's as far up as I can look. Oh. And that's as far down as I can look, but looking up is impossible.
1: And, and you said you, you feel like it gets worse still every day. All oh yeah.
5: Time? yeah.
1: Yeah. That's frightening, man.
5: It is, but it's, it's where I'm at, man. And, uh, You know, that's life. You know, I mean, you you roll up and down these roads and you take a beating and you get back out there and you do it one more time because you love it, because you want it, and because you know you want to make those fans out there happy and that's just what you do. And, you know, you throw caution to the wind each and every day when you walk out that door, man. Are you kidding me? I'm not the only fool taking chances. Every time you walk outside your door, you're taking a chance. (laughs) Every time you get in your automobile, you're taking a chance. Yep. Hell, some guy might piss you you off or some guy may get pissed off because of something you've done in your car and you might not even be aware of what you did. But he'll pull up beside you and pull a gun out and shoot your stupid ass. Mm -hmm. You know, and you don't even know what the fuck was going on. Life isn't... uh, Life's highly overrated. <laughs> it really is, man, because it's cheap. Life is cheap.
1: I would uh, venture to guess that you wouldn't give back any any one of your bumps, though. Uh, no. You know, to, to for, for better neck health, right? No. Satisfied no. with how it all worked I mean, out?
5: Yeah, I'm happy with where I'm at in my life today, and that's that's the main thing, Marcus. You got to be happy with where you're at now. And right now, regardless of all the bullshit that went wrong, regardless of all the bullshit that went right, I'm extremely happy with my heart and where I'm at with my family, with my friends. I mean, this evening, I'm going to have a couple of friends come over. We're going to do a cookout and watch a ball game. It don't get no better. For me, that's what I want to do. That's who I am today. And uh, as long as I can go fishing every couple of months and uh, tinker with my cars a little bit here and there, or maybe even work on some old furniture like this piece behind me, which I built. Did you? Yep. I built that when I was 17 years old.
1: That is beautiful.
5: Yeah, it's a uh, china cabinet. I built it for my mother.
1: What an awesome piece. Uh,
5: those underwear up there aren't mine.
1: I saw somebody in the comments at one point ask, like, are those underwear behind Jake?
5: They are underwear. There's a famous movie, sort of, uh, oh, now the freak shows love it. Uh, Oh, my God. My mind just went blank.
1: A movie? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes.
5: Those are Barry's underwear. Oh, no way. Yeah, the stars. From the movie? Yeah.
1: That is yeah. cool. How did you but get
5: those? I bought them, bought them probably in a, in a signing.
1: That is too cool.
5: You know, I think I'm selling pictures. He's selling his fucking underwear. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> oh, well. He's, well one up, he's one up on me.
1: You know, uh, I, I I've been wanting to ask you about a lot of this stuff, and I've seen that a lot of people do. Uh, so yeah. we're probably going to have a couple of those on the next Ask Jake. Sure. If anything. Um, sure. Well, Jake, you know what? We're going to wrap this episode up, and unbelievably, yeah, we've we've barely talked about Ted DiBiase. So it might have to rename this one, but uh, it would. We got exactly what I wanted out of this, a lot of diversions, uh, a lot of really interesting stuff that I don't think you'd normally talk about, probably haven't discussed in interviews, so uh, that's the fun thing about the Snake Pit, man, Uh, and guys, you can can be part of the Snake Pit whenever you follow us on all social media platforms, and talk to us, tell us what you want, tell us what you want to hear, and... I I do a lot of posting on there and ask for your questions for upcoming episodes. So follow us on all social media platforms at Snake Pit Pod so that you can get in on the action there and make sure that your question gets asked whenever we are doing a new episode. Um, So I would be remiss if I didn't talk about our pal Eric Bischoff and his new autobiography, Grateful, which came out a couple months ago now, and it's getting remarkable reviews. Uh, Check it out, guys. Really, it's Eric's a legend. He's done so much in this business. So check out Grateful. Now you can get your copy on Amazon or at BischoffBook.com. Just a reminder, you can get the Snake Pit and all the other shows in our network early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com starting at just $9. That's less than $0.15 an episode each month, and there's tons of bonus content. You get to interact with some of your favorite wrestlers, so get on over to adfreeshows.com today and get signed up. It is well well worth it. Catch Jake on Twitter at JakeSnakeDDT on Instagram at Jake the Snake DDT and on Facebook at Real Jake the Snake. You can follow me at Marcus P.D. Angelo on Twitter. You can follow the podcast, as I said, on at Snake Pit Pod on all social media platforms. But, Jake, uh, something else they can do if they want a little interaction with you. How about your cameo?
5: You got to dial it in, man. That's all you got to do. And I'm going to give you two or three minutes of my my stuff. That's what I do.
1: <laughs> man it's the best promo in the history of wrestling and he can just send you one right i'll now. cut you one i've
5: got one <laughs> on your ass or i you know i've had guys ask me to quit their job for him. i've had guys ask me to break up with their girlfriends
1: that's amazing
5: i mean i, I love doing that stuff man
1: I've I've got to get on there and hear one of your because uh, guys you can check it out now at, at cameo.com forward slash jake snake and a lot of people will will post their videos on there afterwards leave reviews so I'm gonna be digging around now to see a, a Jake breaking up with somebody's girlfriend video that oh yeah like, man can't miss
5: absolutely
1: it's a fun time guys you can pick up a little a little something for yourself or a friend uh, when you go to jakesnakeshop dot com. Jake is still running a special over there. If you buy anything, you get a free signed eight by a 10 along with yeah, your order. Can't so just beat get, that. I mean, come on. The value there, plus it's, you know, whatever you buy is an awesome collectible in and of itself. So get over to, to JakeTheSnakeShop.com and take advantage of it. And Jake, that is it for this episode, my friends. Uh, we'll, See you.
5: Wouldn't want to be. A...
1: I guess we'll do another <laughs> one next week, huh?
5: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you next time right here on The Snake Pit.
6: So I had gone to the StarCast 5 show in Nashville, which was fantastic. Kudos to everybody involved with that. And they had a booth. And um, it's like any cheap guy. I'm just like, free stuff. Let me go try to win that stuff. Um, So entered some drawings, put down my info. and I got a call from uh, Stephen a couple of weeks later with First Family Mortgage. And we have been in the market for a refi a little bit. We were looking to extend our HELOC. And... um, I, he hit me at the perfect time, so I said, hey, man, go nuts. Let's see what we can fi- figure out. And within, I'd say, 30, 45 minutes tops, he had a pretty great offer. So I was able to get transferred to uh, Diane, who was also great, and just kind of get a little bit more info. Table did for about a week or so, went through some things on my end, and they, everyone came back to me, so that's, that's a great deal. You got to go with it. And we did. It. Now the rest is history. It took only... I mean, shoot, 30 to 45 days max, the whole process was great. About $1,100 of cash flow was freed up because of the, the refi. So $1,100 a month back in our pocket. It was fantastic. Like I, I recommend them because the, they make you feel like you're a human being. They want what's best for you. And it's, again, a simple process. And in, in and out of the whole process within, again, 30 to thirty to 45 days. And I got my wire for cash back to pay off my credit cards. And just no BS. That's, that's what I did. I just made a payment yesterday on my second largest credit card and it's just like oh crap we did it and this was only maybe two months ago too much change before the whole thing started before i probably even you know so can't recommend them enough